contracted a little bit. <laughs> I feel like I've consolidated. <laughs> I think my my feet kept growing like through pregnancies and stuff. Is it true like, that people get smaller remember. when they get older? Probably. Like when you get seventy. Yeah, yeah. Like, like your like, back. But your something like spine. your nose continues to grow and your ears continue to grow. Yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Huge. Old actors wow. have giant faces. Yeah. But they're like tiny people. Like That's Martin Scorsese mean. and Robert De Niro when they're interviewed now, I'm like, their heads are huge. That sounds like something you'd want out of an actor, like big features, strong features that show up. You on... just need old actors. I'm just making yeah. that up. I don't know if it's true. Can we sync our camera real quick? Okay. Ah! Andrew Leahy. That made my ear go. Ooh. Welcome Sorry. to it's the okay. studio. You've been here four times, five times? At least. We've done all least. kinds of stuff in here. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. We've rehearsed, maybe? Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we rehearsed at the house, too. But we rehearsed your song. That's right. For Wayne's show. Yes. Yep. We did a number of things. Yeah. Well, welcome to 2020. Yay! Thank you. Officially. Yeah. Happy We're New here. Year. We did it, you guys. Yeah. We did it. It's yeah. Christina, Matt, and Andrew. Yep. And this is episode oh, oh, where, oh, there it is. seven. Yeah, where? Seven. Oh. I was looking yeah. at the mic. It's over there. Yeah. I did, too. Don't worry. Yeah. What's up, fun? Yeah. Okay. Um, so welcome i asked you i guess two weeks ago to be on and i told you specifically to think about advice you would give a young version of yourself mm. so for those who don't know you andrew is a fantastic guitarist songwriter mm. performer but for our purposes is a touring musician with multiple acts and is on the road how many shows do you play a year uh, maybe like 120. Okay. But max that I've ever done was 175 wow. in 2016. I'll probably never do that again. Yeah. What's that like? Like the reality of that? Well, to play 175, you're probably on the road for like 210 days a year because you've got in like off days and, you know, coming home or getting back at the beginning of a tour. So that was just me always being gone and, uh, but it was good. It was like, um, you know, I learned how to like do it and, yeah. You know, like always keep yourself packed and um, all of the kind of like road skills that I now use when I play less, you know, right. gigs per year. So I'm a producer, I'm a homebody most of the time. I play shows, but any touring I do is regional at this right. point. For somebody digging into, I want to be on the road, I want to live on the road, I really want to push that. What's the best advice you could give a fresh, young 16 year old, like getting ready to start? Just in terms of how to get the gigs or how to, like... We'll start with gigs. How to get the gigs. How to get the gigs. Ooh. You have um, no manager. You're trying this thing. You've got... Knoxville loves you. You play the pub. you got a lot of people come to the shows. Now it's time to start touring. Indie on the Move or is it Indie on the Go? Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. It's a website? No. It's either Indie on the Move or Indie on the Go. Okay. I'm not going to get any sponsorship money from them, clearly. <laughs> Um, I think it's a paid model now, but it's worth it. It's kind of, um, it's like half user generated, half whatever the opposite of user generated is. And you can look up like uh, town by town. It lists all the venues. It has um, user generated comments about, you know, what the capacity is, who the booking contact is, awesome. and then people can leave comments like, yeah. you know, like they'll give you food. It's awesome. These people are like, this place me. is terrible. Yeah. You don't want to go. Yeah. Um, and so when I began touring, I would just, cast out in like as many lines as I could in as many towns as I could and then you land one or two and those become your anchor dates right. and then you look at the map and you're like all right if I've got a gig in, in like Indianapolis then I can go through Louisville or I can go you know like through Kentucky and you kind of just like trace um, your own route right and then you do that just like a number of times you have to be prepared to 
completely lose money. Yeah. Um, and like hopefully you've got one or two anchor dates with money. Yeah. And normally that means playing a brewery or playing mm-hmm. like a barbecue restaurant where people are eating and kind of don't you know care about what you're doing, but, but at least you get paid. Coming in. Yeah. 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 And yeah. then you can play the gigs that are cooler and that I guess are more musically enriching, but are not necessarily yeah. while it patters. I think most musicians who've done it for several years know the balance between this pays and this is an enriching this is an experience right True. you either get cash or you get a really cool experience especially as you're starting out when you need to just you need to learn well again it took me a long time um to learn this but you need to learn to play to one another in the band and like to have that like be enough so like yeah. if it's a gig where you're playing for three and a half hours at a barbecue restaurant you need to just try to like be like i'm gonna blow my you know blow my drummer's mind today by just like doing some guitar like stuff that I would never even try at a gig that counts. Right. And then you also learn, like, during those longer gigs, you know, like, maybe you you just kind of, like, do on the fly, you know, like, a cool transition from one tune to, like, the next. You get to carry these, you know, these, like, happy accidents into your one-hour power set. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the band thing is something I think you do really well that seems a little bit different than other people who sure. sometimes are just, like, I just really focused on their music, but you seem to have like a holistic view of like, oh, how can I make my band better and also make sure they're part of the team and they're true. Like how did that, your approach to the band just evolve over the years? That has gotten better as I've been in the bands of other artists as well. So like another, sure. th- yeah, like another, yeah, a nice, nice uh, transition. <laughs> Um, so like I also play with other artists as a guitarist, and um, and that's been kind of like a recent thing. I think I began doing that maybe in 2014 or so, and you know in doing that I've learned how to treat my band better. Yeah. You know you know everything in terms of like money or just in terms of you know like random like amenities or you know you know what information you know, like a person like in your band like wants like to know. Like how it's, do you want to be treated? Yeah. Yeah. It's like I want to know you know like the morning of a gig it helps if. You you know, like I can know as a member of you know like Elizabeth Cook's like band or whatever, if you know like the venue we're playing is going to give us any food or whatnot, because yeah. then you can plan your own like intake of food. It can be hard on the road when you're driving in you know, like eight hours. Yeah. You know, like, I want to know like, if I need to, you know, like make our our gas station stop. You know, like a meal stop. As right. Well. Yeah. Right. Nothing frustrates me more. I did limited touring with Tenderhooks and with Peak and stuff like that. But nothing frustrated me more than arriving at a gig after I had spent money on a meal and there's a meal at the gig. Yeah. yeah. Dude, what yeah. the fuck? Or, you know, I would have saved that money and paid gas. Yeah. Or, yeah, <laughs> dude, please do. Yes, dude. We'll, we'll deal with that later. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll tastefully beep. It's fine. There we go. Or also getting to a venue and they're like, we have a kitchen, you get half off. I don't like that either because yeah. it's like, we're playing. Like, your kitchen exists because you know, concerts happen. Yeah. Yeah. So why wouldn't you at least give like your band, you know, like a limited like musician menu? Yeah. You know, so, a, a burger or a, you know, whatever, yeah. a salad. So for those out there who maybe like are trying to treat their band better or maybe a lot, I think a lot of them don't ever, they're like the lead and they don't have that experience necessarily of going out and being on the road with other people and realizing how like crappy it can be. Yeah. So what would you say like top four, top five, like whatever, it could be two things to keep in mind. Like when you approach your band, you're aiming for that they get paid, that they get fed. Like what, how do you think about it from like a top four, top three perspective? I mean, we used to... Well, yeah, and I would wonder why I couldn't keep one band lineup together, but we would be, you know, 
driving you know like hours per day playing a show and then we would all crash in one hotel room and it normally wouldn't be a nice hotel room so it's like two guys in a bed you know like one guy on the floor and that's a really quick way to just completely burn out your band so i think even though even if and it often does um even if you don't make money or you're going to come back from like a tour in the red i think you need to treat your musicians well you know you know like let them not split a bed um it'll go a long way you'll keep your band and then even if you don't make money on one tour you'll have a you know a consistent band and you can you know hopefully make money on the next one and i think also when i'm playing with other artists if i come into the project and they're like here's the album we're playing like you know tracks you know one through eight or whatever like if i'm expected to learn you know part by part every nuance of what you know like another player played you know i wouldn't i wouldn't be a good player you know with them because you know one i can't even you know play guitar that way you know i think it's important you know when you bring players in who aren't on the album you know like maybe like identify the crucial parts you want them to play and then let them bring their spin to the rest of it yeah. kind of like when you play drums yeah. for me that one yeah. yeah um you know like the drummer on the album is a guy named john radford mm. and you weren't expected to play like john radford right 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 but if you if there was a song that had a specific unique rhythmic thing you were really good about here's the part here's the sheets this is what i need you to make sure you hit the rest of it is whatever yeah yeah, it's like, you know, keep the blueprint together, but then, like, put your own yeah. fine buttress yeah. on it. Well, I don't know architecture. <laughs> <laughs> like put your own bay window on it. Yes. You know, but yeah. keep a window there. Right. Just make sure it's yeah. a buttress window. <laughs> yeah. What even is a fine Take buttress? Take the buttress out of the window. A general direction. And, and then teach you it how to play drums. Approach it how you need to approach it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I think, you know, in doing that, you allow a musician to be a musician, but you right. give them just enough kind of pushing and prodding to like let them know what context yeah. you know like they are going to be a musician in right what is the future like when you look at 2020 <clears throat> you toured how many 120 something days last year yeah when you look at starting a fresh year what is your hope for how many days what type of shows how often are you splitting your time with elizabeth cook and your own personal stuff yeah what's what's the lessons that you've learned as you've gone through this well, 2020 is unique because Elizabeth has a new album that's going to come out, I think, in in May. And we just, <clears throat> well, I don't really know what information I can share. But so, you know, a co- you know, like I need to keep the year open to an extent for her. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's kind of like the juggling act I do every year. So like, just looking at 2019, I did like a European tour on my own, completely right. alone. I did a lot of touring with my band. I did a lot of touring with Elizabeth. I did a couple tours with Elizabeth where I was playing acoustic and I was in like opening for her. Um, and I think you and I were talking about this prior to when we high-fived yeah. and clicked up everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I used to view my career as more of like a linear line where it was like, you know, point A is, is you know, where I am now and point B is like me getting like renowned or whatever, you know, with my own music. And now I know that it's more of a circular collaborative you know kind of you know combination of you know all kinds of gigs and they can all add perspective to the other ones around them and it's okay if i'm not always just going on that one line you know with my own music you know because i think me you know like me playing with elizabeth cook it is good not only you know like for like elizabeth cook's career but i think it is good for like andrew leahy's career even though it's not what i had originally envisioned when i was like eight years old with a guitar in my parents mirror 
Absolutely. And like from the internal perspective of viewing that, there's also the social media pressure of you have to be a guitarist, a songwriter, a singer, a journalist, yeah. a personality online. You yeah. have to have views on politics. You have to have opinions on music. You have to have the, the cheesecake is a thousand slices. It's not just I'm just cheesecake I'm just Andrew Lee. I'm doing mm-hmm. I'm doing this one thing and focusing on this one thing. Like there's a million avenues and a million little doors into your brand, so to speak. Yeah. Right? Like you as a person. Well, and if I was if I was just playing my own music and I was expecting to make a living with that, then I wouldn't be able to play the kind of music that I play. Yeah. Which is this, you know, like kind of like um, like Tom Petty ish like rock and roll, which is not out of fashion but it's not as hip or you know like monetarily driving as like edm or whatever and if i was just trying to like make money with my own music i wouldn't be able to play that kind of music because it's not as marketable but given that i have other revenue streams i'm able to not have to prostitute my own art yeah sure you know absolutely and that's you know you know another like important thing is um you mentioned my journalism like that's you know like a job that's uh, you know that geographically, you know, flexible. I can do that in yeah. a van. I did that in Europe. Right. I can do that wherever I am, and then I have money coming in. It's like not tied to the gig I'm playing that night, right. and thus I can go out and bring a band. Especially if I'm on like an opening tour and I'm getting paid opening money, which right. is always shit. Yeah, you know, like at most it's going to be like three hundred bucks. It's exposure, yeah. man. Yeah. Yes, exposure. <laughs> You've got to kick ass at the merch. You know, like booth, yeah. like to make it that. all work out. Yeah. So, what is your? So, when you look at your monetary streams just for music, so you've got journalism, yeah, and then you've got music. How do you approach it? Uh, it it helps me to like not look at it too closely because when yeah. I look at it in, on paper, I'm like, Jesus Christ, yeah. this is a failing business. Uh-huh. <laughs> but in terms of like, how do I keep it all afloat? It, yeah. I mean, it is you know, it's you know, it's like merchandise and the opening gigs and your own gigs. It's um. I just, I don't really have a good answer for that. I hope that it all comes out, is it in the black? Yeah. 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 In the yeah. red is losing, black yeah, right. is winning. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. It's kind of like unfair for the red. I know. Yeah, I feel like I feel like red is more Red's like, happier lively. Than black, right? Yeah, yeah, I tend to Red's got more that. life in it than black. Yeah, is. when do you want to be in the black? It sounds very boring. It sounds lonely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm rich and lonely in the black. Yeah. That probably happens quite often. But so, like on the opening tour that I was on with Elizabeth Cook um, last month, so I was like the opening act, and again, you don't get a lot of money for that. And I understand it's like you're playing like another person's gig, you're adding value to the ticket, but you're not necessarily driving a ton of people sure. to come to the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you know you're getting like a lower guarantee, but then you also have you know like the like headliners audience. Could potentially come and buy your T-shirts or whatnot, yeah. and um, and so you really have to hope that a lot of people are, are going to come to that. Mm-hmm. And then with Elizabeth, I was I was lucky in that I got to like ride around with her and her tour manager in the van, so I wasn't paying for transportation. transportation. I was right. crashing with yep. her tour manager in the hotel, so I didn't have to pay for hotels. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah. I was alone, so I didn't have to pay for anyone else. Yeah. So like it wound up it wound up being a lot more lucrative, you know, like than like me going out with my band. Even though, you know, just looking at, you know, guarantees with each gig, it wouldn't have been more sure. lucrative. Yeah. 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 Man, that balance of choosing when to do something solo and when to pay yeah, it's hard. a band, especially oh, it's... for you, because the type of music you make, 
you don't lose anything in the song, but you certainly lose something in the experience when you don't have a band. Yeah. Right? Like, that's a whole different thing. Well, and a lot of, you know, I, I, I take a lot of pride in the fact that um, I'm not, it, well, it, you know, in that, like, I'm a player as well. I'm yeah. not just, you know, a voice. Right. But when you're playing acoustic guitar, you can't always bring that to the front mm-hmm. yeah you know and i'm not the kind of you know acoustic guitarist who's gonna like do some kind of like john mayer yeah. crazy things yeah. um so you know i do feel like that aspect gets lost or like it limits what i can play or sure. you know you know a tune that has some huge long outro with you know guitars going crazy you know can't really translate to yeah. an acoustic performance yeah mm-hmm. but you're saving money your money and it's a good it's a good challenge yeah. Sure. Yeah. You, you learn how to tell stories more like that's you know a big part of my european tours is like you know like talking to people and like introducing each you know track and trying to like explain like where it came from and whatnot you know, like i wouldn't have learned how to do that if i was always with my band because yeah. it's just not the right context uh, to do that when you're with your band you have things you can hide behind when yeah. you're with a group of friends on stage, it's so much easier to hide yeah. and not feel like the spotlight's on you, it's all up to you, oh my god, I'm up here by myself, which can be good and bad. When I'm, when I'm playing with my band, I spend a lot of time like behind my wall of hair. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, this looks cool, I'm playing guitar and I've got my hair on my face. <laughs> but you can't do that when you're playing acoustic guitar. Yeah. People are like, what the fuck is this? This guy sucks. Yeah. 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 Why is he We're hiding? right here. Yeah, he's the only one on stage. Why is he hiding? Yeah. yeah. But like, I did. I did have a point earlier, and we might have gone past it. So I yeah. want to. Um, you're asking, you know, about like tour planning, prep, and whatnot. Yeah. And I wanted to like emphasize one of my, um, you know, like uh, I guess like best uh, touring practices. I have two. Okay. One is you have to always keep your stuff packed because if you're if you're on you know, if you're out for like three and a half weeks you're playing 20 gigs that's like 20 green rooms you're gonna you know go in and out of it's like 20 you know or like hotel rooms you'll be in and out of right. it's like you know like an innumerable innumerable times you're going to be in and out of you know you know like the van or whatnot and so you have like innumerable chances to lose your like custom molded earplug yeah yeah you're you know you're like iphone charger yeah Mm -hmm. um and like losing one of like those will kill your tour yeah Yeah. so like i've learned to not spread out whether it's you know in the car or the hotel room i keep it all packed Mm -hmm. up i know where everything is um it's made touring a lot less anxious yeah you just gave me the title for the episode don't but spread out don't, don't spread out don't <laughs> keep yourself together don't and also we were talking about gas station food because yeah. you have the the like uh, tagine yeah. corn nut snacks over yeah, there yeah, yeah. which are great yes they're great they're great um but i've learned you know like if you're in a car all day you know like you will go to a gas station generally every day yeah. on tour um and it helps to get out and to have like an exchange with a person yeah you know, like you want to like live life and that yeah. often you know that turns into you're like i guess i'll buy like these corn nuts or this right. like terribly unhealthy whatever the hell yeah. right. and so like i've learned like a way to get around that is you know like i love my tea you guys give me your amante so i'm yeah. talking like a mile you know, a mile a minute right now and so like, i carry you know a mug like this yeah. and i carry my own tea bags and i'll just go into the gas station and get my hot water and get my tea nice. and then like i get my interaction i get my yeah. like exchange with the world but i'm not paying for a thing right, right. and i'm not getting that's what brilliant. is usually like an unhealthy right. snack. i love smart, that man. yeah that's really smart so one of the things i wanted to talk about was another thing I noticed about you Mm. um, is just how positive you are you do seem to be really positive and consistently positive like there's not a lot of like up and down and I'm sure there's down and I don't see it but you know like you're like 
you seem to have a lot of joy. Hmm. So I just wanted to kind of start with like, where, how did you get into music to begin with? And then like, where do you think that comes from? Okay. Um, that was two questions. You can start wherever you like. Those are great questions. Yeah, okay. Um, my mom was an opera singer. And oh, wow. so I grew up with it, with my mom always singing like really loudly in church, like embarrassingly. Yeah. So. And doing the like optional like harmony like, parts that, that like nobody else harmonies. would do. I'm yeah. like, mom, don't. That's how you know. She, she could That's do how it. you know like, a in church. Yeah. I'm singing the harmony. They don't know yeah. Harmony. <laughs> yeah. Like people would turn and look, and yeah. I would. God, I would hate it. Yeah. But I remember, um, in a, I changed schools right before eighth grade. I went to public school, and my mom and I went. And we were like in the cafeteria. It was like in like August or whatever, and like a guidance counselor was you know like uh, choosing my classes, and mom was like, put him in the honors English class and my mom was like do you have a choir and the guy was like we have a great choir and mom was like put him in that and I was like mom no that's you know th I mean like it's completely uncool I'm like a brand new kid I've got like red hair I'm really short yeah I'm gonna get like my ass kicked and my mom couldn't have cared less and I remember after like week one I was just completely hooked it was awesome wow. there were girls yeah it was so fun we learned this song from the um, movie Oliver and Company, the like Billy Joel song. Yeah. Is, um, yeah. Why should I worry? It's a mm -hmm. great song, and I was hooked. And that just kind of became what I did. It gave it gave me my social outlet, and it gave me kind of like um, you know, it's like you're a kid and you want you're like who are you are you like a sports kid or whatever and i yeah. wasn't anything yet and then i was like a music yeah. kid plus i already played guitar and so it was just like one more like uh you know weapon in my arsenal so tell me where you were so what was the transition so were you in private school and you went to public yeah i was in private catholic school okay which is what weird. Was, how'd that go <laughs> I mean, we weren't a really religious family, but we just grew up in like inner, um, you know, like inner like um, Richmond you know, at a time when it was really crime ridden. And so I guess my parents were just like put him in private school, yeah. you know, like a school where my parents had gone. It wasn't okay. really good academically, but it was just what they knew. So, yeah. no. you know, we went in there and then we had, um, you know, we had moved out to like the Burbs a number of years prior. But I just, you know, I like remained in the school where my buddies were. And then my older brother had actually convinced my mom to put me in public school. He was like, Mom, it's, you know, you know, more like academically like rigorous. And I think Andrew will, you know, it's like a better like view of like what the world actually is. And you said there's a five year is. difference between you and your brother, yeah. right? Okay, five years older. Yeah. Okay. And my mom bribed me by saying you can go to Water Country USA if you drop out of, you know, uh, like a private school and go to public school. And I was like, yeah. It's done. <laughs> and then Our I tried sides. to make her go back on the promise. And of course, no. Yeah. So I went to public school, which was terrifying, especially at like that uh -huh. age. Eight, kids you were are, eighth grade. Yeah, That's a kids are so age. so mean. Yeah, Everybody already has friends. Yeah. And I was small and yeah. getting had flaming like red hair and was pale and was just like not cool. But yeah. I got to get my niche, which was you know like music. Mm -hmm. So were you always positive? Like, do you feel like you've always been this way? No, I mean, and I'm glad. Well, it's easy to be positive when I'm here at your house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. I mean, yes and no. Thanks. You're pretty consistently positive. I love is that this place. is that correct of me to say? Not. I think it's up and down, especially okay. a lot more recently. But yeah. in terms of like a musical positivity, um, y'all know that a couple of years ago I got really sick, mm -hmm. like a brain tumor. Um, on my hearing nerve and so there were all these odds I was given like before the operation of like you have you know like, you know like, X percent chance of like 
never waking up again. And I remember I had like a one in two chance of losing my hearing in my right ear. And that wouldn't have been like the end of the world, but it would have been weird to be hearing in mono. Yeah. Especially, you know, I'm like a music journalist as well. Mm -hmm. So it would like have huge ramifications for like both of my jobs. And so when I woke up on the, op I guess like not on the operating table, when I woke up in the neuro ICU and they'd kept my hearing, I was like, game on okay and then i was able to like hear everything with like renewed yeah stereo awesomeness yeah i was like this is amazing this is almost gone and, yeah and now it's not well i remember like the morning you know like, of the operation going to you know the you know like the like hospital and i was listening to like the radio and like a tom petty tune was like randomly on the radio and it was so like immersive it was you know like you know like drums were like over here and, like basses you know like here and i could hear it all around me yeah. and was like i hope that i don't get to only hear everything with this kind of clarity yeah. like today and like yeah. i wake up and it's going to be gone and it. i can only hear like the bass over here and i can't hear the drums over here yeah. so you know i remember um you know going on tour after the operation and being so jazzed it was you know, like overwhelming and i could take a moment like every gig and like look around and just like like take like a mental picture of like yeah. look at what you're doing you're doing this kind of weird you know like half choreographed half improv you know, like artistic expression with like other people and you like practiced it and you're creating like a thing that's like more than the you know some of its parts and that's awesome yeah and that's a perspective i hadn't had prior to the operation even though i was always happy to play music i never took it like you know like for granted you don't know exactly how to view it until it's almost snatched away from you yeah so i think i try to keep that in mind and maybe that's why i get you know like happy or positive but i don't consider i mean i think i'm super up and down so i'm glad that that's not as outwardly obvious i think super yeah. up and down <clears throat> at the surface humanity level is different than super positive about your purpose in life I agree. like that's good your clarity of i love doing this thing yeah comes through immediately that's like, good and i think yeah. you can see that in anybody who practices genuinely what they love yeah. like you're a human of course everybody is everybody gets pissed when someone cuts them off in traffic or whatever but like the gratitude of I get to live my life the way I feel in line with yeah. is really inspiring. And I think in 2020, people like yourself who look at, oh, on paper, this is a failing business and go, so what? Right. Like, that's how I've always lived my life. That's how you live your life. I love the idea of staring fearlessly at something and going, this is who I am. I'm going to do it the best I can. And... I like the negativity that comes back. It, it, to me, it's a challenge. You know? I think I think also what helps is to take like a bird's eye perspective, and like I said, not to do that like linear. You know, like my job, my goal is like this like one line. Yeah. You know, because you know, like if my job was or like if my goal was to be like successful just with my own music, it would be a lot harder to be positive. But if yeah. I say like I'm a musician you know, my job is to, like, play music. Like, that involves everything else. Playing with Elizabeth Cook, playing the Grand Ole Opry is awesome. Yeah. You know, going to play, like, Mexico, which I'm doing with Cruise Contreras yeah. in yeah, two yeah. weeks was is it, awesome. In two weeks. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. And it's, it's not, yeah. it's it's not, it's not my music, but, um, but I'm playing music. And then, like, it adds, you know, like, new perspective, like, to my music. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah. you know, like, if I look at it holistically like that, then it's great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I think, well, first of all, there, I've been doing a lot of like just 
consuming of like entertainment and media and a lot of people out there who are doing like coaching or whatever it may be it is striking how often people end up coming back like the people who are doing really great work and they are true to their purpose they oftentimes come back around to like this moment when they realize they call it like the mortality realization like it's mm -hmm. gonna this is gonna end mm -hmm. and we better figure out i better figure out like what i'm doing here sure and those are the people where you can kind of tell like and I don't know that you describe it that way or not. Like, I think I had a moment like that, you know, within the last, like, five to ten years where it's sort of, like, at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm here. Like, I get another day, you know? And I think that is, you can kind of tell in certain people that that's there, that that exists. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I see that in you, and I just was wondering, like, what how you viewed it and your perspective on it. And it totally makes sense to me. Yeah, when I when I heard that I was sick, I was I mean one I was happy to have you know like a diagnosis like, because like, I had these weird like hearing problems and like yeah. balance issues and I was canceling plans on people, and I think like a lot of people just assumed I was like being flaky mm -hmm. or something. So when I learned what it was and I learned that you know like there was a path to curing it, it involved brain surgery. It's not the path anybody wants to go and take, but at least it was a path. Yeah, yeah. I was happy with that, but then I was also. I was a little bit pissed off that like, you know, I, I put out like music prior to then, but I'd always, you know, I guess I was like pinching my pennies. I was trying to like, you know, like not go all in and not trying to like, I don't know. You know, I realized like, oh, like I've been, I've been saving up, you know, like for like a rainy day. And now like, I'm really, really sick. I might not like be able to keep playing music. Right. And I've been, you know, you know, I might not even get to have that like rainy day when I get to like spend everything. Yeah. So yeah. when I got better, it was like all in. Let's yeah. go and do this. Yeah. Which can have its its like a detriment as well because you know you can be like too driven and if you view everything yeah. in life yeah. as like you know like this one gig was canceled and it's like the end of the world because I know what it's like to uh, you know to like remember you know to like worry that I wasn't gonna have any more gigs yeah. it, 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 it's hard to not view everything with that like doomsday Did you, do outlook. you feel like you got to that point where you were just too it was too like has to happen or I'm there still yeah but I yeah. think it's I think it's you know, like it can be a real, it can be a skill. It can be, it can be like a benefit if you let it, if yeah. you let it drive you in that way. But there's always you know, like a, so it's like a flip side to the of coin course. where when anything yeah. you know like doesn't go your way or if like mm -hmm. you know one person quits your band or whatnot, it just kills your idea of what was happening. Right. So how do you work through that? What's your what what do you like lean on to get through that now? My wife Emily is not a musician, which is great yeah. because in Nashville where I live. I don't know, two thirds of the time or something. Um, you know, like everybody plays music. Like yeah. everybody I interact with plays music, and it's good to get the perspective from like the rest of the world, because you know, or the majority of the world is not a working musician. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how else do I get this? I don't. You know, you know, like I do enough other musical things now, so that um, you know, like if I've got like a bad year with my band it's probably going to be like a good year with like another person's band that I'm in. So like, again, that adds more perspective and I, you know, it can be great to go on tour where you're not the guy in charge. Your only job is to play guitar and to do it well. And to like, mm -hmm. just like, don't be a dick. Yeah. yeah. And like drive the van on occasion. It's yeah. so easy. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, like that like increases your you know like appetite to go out on tour and like be the guy again, yeah. even with all the challenges of that. Yeah. Um, you can keep like you can keep like resetting the balance, and like reigniting your like hunger like for the other yeah. 
coin side. That's yeah. something that you and I share in common is the wonderful side of having so many things. Is yeah. when one of them gets so tough, it's like, oh god, I can mm-hmm. do this for a little while. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. now I can go yeah, back to this. you're a producer yeah. and a drummer, dude. And I work and on. We put out 199 songs last year, of all varieties. For some for ads, some for musician friends of mine, some for passion projects, some for radio ads and there's nothing more satisfying than working two weeks with like a really close musician friend on some really heavy really passionate things and getting overwhelmed by the end of it and then doing a zoo ad yeah like a zoo ad is so fun like oh okay all of that stress is totally gone now i can just do the thing i like to do without any of the like headache and then i can recharge my batteries and go back to a project that I really care about. Yeah, and then you go back to a corporate client, you get to get a lot of money and not worry about having the exactly. the combo of like, well, like you're like a buddy, so I guess I'm going to give you, you know, like a bro rate, oh, but that's a whole different But trying to take like advantage of me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I know that talk all too well. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. Okay. What's our what's our final question? So my final question, we both get one. Yeah, you okay. you go first. Okay, so my final question is what's next? Like what are you what are you planning to do differently this year? If anything, hmm, I'm always trying to be like better about uh, about presenting what I do as like a total, the total thrust. You want to yeah. be an influencer? That well, I've got <laughs> a good title like Joking Total aside. Thrust yeah. is a good title for this All right. like, episode. I think. <laughs> but I used to view it. I was like, I'm a journalist and a guitarist and a frontman and like all of like those are their own avenues. Sure, but they um, work together. Yeah, they should. And I've always, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to come up with like the best way to present it all as one thing, mm-hmm. you know, like Andrew's, you know, like musical efforts, whether it's like good journalism or, you know, you know, my own music or my, you know, contributions to like other people's music. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, given that Elizabeth Cook's new album is coming out and that I'm on it, I'm in her band, um, it's going to be probably like my busiest year playing with another artist mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm going to try to do my best to um, keep it all you know within the realm of like it's still me playing music and yeah. I need to present it as such mm-hmm. because we're also putting out a lot of music like uh, my band is as well so it's just it's like, that is like the goal for like this year is to is to work on that total thrust that's I love awesome it. dude okay. I don't have a better question than that okay. <laughs> how are you going to match total thrust you can't <laughs> We're gonna end it when it's you so say memorable. total. We're gonna end okay. it when you say total thrust and yeah. just cut to Boom. a top, cut to a Top Gun montage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Game over. Thank you yeah, thank so you. much. So fun. Yeah, yeah. So fun. This is really fun.